Welcome to the Better Wealth Podcast, Enlightened Discipline. I'm Matt Halloran. I will be your host for this podcast, and I'm joined as always by Scott Stauffer, an experienced financial advisor who is a designated CFP or Certified Financial Planner and the managing partner of Better Wealth. This podcast is brought to you by Better Wealth, located in California, Silicon Valley, serving individual investors and companies from around the world. Tell us what rule number five is, please. Yeah, so so I mentioned it earlier. I said, you know, within the stock portfolio that you want to you want to tilt your allocation. And and this is the the fifth rule of better wealth. It's it uh, it goes hand in hand with the fourth rule. And what we're really talking about is leaning on a lot of academic research in terms of your specific stock allocation. So not necessarily within the bonds, but within the stocks, tilt your allocation. And it's learning to make smarter or better decisions about the specific investments that we choose in our portfolio to help us meet our goals. And so what that means is that um, over the long run, as we know, stocks beat bonds. Um, there's lots of evidence to support this, but stocks will perform better than bonds over the long run. The, the second rule, if you will, of tilt your allocation is that size matters. And when we're looking at companies, the smaller size companies tend to outperform larger companies over the long run. Uh, so size matters. The, the third rule that we talk about is value is good. Um, you can look at companies and there are some companies that are more value oriented and others that are more growth oriented and, and value companies tend to outperform the growth companies over the long run. I want to pause you there. I'm sorry. I, I want you to define value a little bit more because I, I've had clients uh, talk to their clients and I've talked to my friends and family and, and they will throw the word around value, value investor, but I don't necessarily think everybody's clear. I think, I think stocks be, beats bonds and size matters. I think that makes a lot of sense, but can you elaborate just a little bit more on what a value company means? Yeah. So I don't know if my definition would fit, um, the academic rule. There, there is an academic rule that, um, you know, different companies and institutions use and, and, and it's fine to go look at that. What I try to do is, have it be a way that clients can understand what we really mean. And, and essentially, a growth company um, can be a company that is, is more interested in, um, in, in taking its profits and putting them back into the company to, to grow, develop new products, develop new markets, uh, things like that. Whereas a, a value company, you know, they still want to grow, but it's more as if their profits are going to be a little bit more uh, established and they want to grow their consumer base. Um, but what they're really looking to do is to return some of that profit to the owners of the company. And that, that's usually done through a dividend. So, you know, it's not as if growth companies don't pay dividends, but value companies tend to return more of the profits uh, back to the shareholders of the company. And growth companies tend to keep those profits and, and reinvest them to 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 grow the the market, um, to grow the product, to grow the product line, other things like that, and so uh, you know I think that's an easy way for people to understand it. An academic might look at it a little bit differently, but but if you think about that and you sort of say, oh well, value companies have sort of you know proven themselves in a sense that they've established a little bit better consumer base, they know what their customers want, and they're able to meet those customer needs, and so uh, those companies actually you know tend to return some of that profit to the shareholders. And over the long run, value companies um, tend to outperform growth companies. So it doesn't mean that there aren't times when, gosh, you know, the economy is just 
pumping along great and, and there are growth companies, you know, beating value companies, but over the long run, um, value tends to outperform growth if you think about that. Well, and thank you for that explanation. I think that was very, very clear. And, and, uh, and okay, so let, let's keep going. Uh, so that was yeah, the so third the, one. Yep. Uh, so we had stocks beat bonds, uh, size matters, value is good. And the last one is profit is good. Profitable companies tend to outperform less profitable companies. Sometimes that's a measure by how much cash they have on hand. Um, but again, you know, if you, if you're within that stock allocation, and, and in my case, that's 65% that I'm going to allocate to stocks within that 65%, I'm going to lean or tilt the portfolio a little bit to smaller companies, value companies, and companies that are profitable. Um, and there are some really good, you know, investment firms out there that can help you do that. And, and that's what my job is, is to find them. Now, there's a lot more information about these uh, rules on my website. There's a lot of academic research, um, but I think this is an easy way for, for people to, to understand what tilt your allocation means. It's, it's a better strategy than trying to time the market. It's a better strategy than trying to pick winners or losers, uh, you know, gamble with your stock picking. It's a better strategy than trying to say, well, here is the type of company that's going to do well in the next quarter or the next five quarters, right? You know, again, stick with that allocation of 65% and then maybe five to seven, five to 10% within that allocation, you're going to tilt it a little bit to smaller companies, value-based companies and profitable companies. And make sure if you do want more information on this, uh, go to betterwealth.us and you can find a lot of the stuff that Scott is talking about here. Now, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, so bear with me. Um, so you're talking about making sure that we're tilting our allocation and you've talked about some different splits between stocks and bonds. But why do I even have bonds in my portfolio, especially like where we are today in 2016? Yeah, it's a good question, and it's one that I discuss um, all the time with my clients. And and I guess I, I have um, you know just one thing that I continue to come back to is we know bad weather is coming, right? We can never never get away from the bad weather. So it might look really sunny out there right now, uh, but we know that the storms are coming. And what bonds can do in the portfolio is they can help protect your portfolio in bad markets. You know, there have been, I think, three times in history when when both stocks and bonds uh, have gone down together at the same time. But over the long run, uh, when stocks are going up, bonds tend to hold their value or, or go down a little bit. And when stocks are going down, bond tends to go up. So it, it really is a, just an issue of knowing that bad weather is coming. Um, the, the other thing that, that I'll talk about with bonds is that you know, since it's not a great interest rate environment right now, people are talking about um, what I call they're tilting their bond portfolio. They don't call it that, but I think it's okay to tilt the, the stock part of our portfolio, but I don't think we should tilt the bond part of our portfolio. And what people mean by that is um, they, they start reaching for yield. They start looking for bonds that can pay a little better interest than what they're getting right now. And what I will always say is that we carry enough risk in our stock allocation for our portfolio. Let's not reach for yield. Let's not bring in more risk to our portfolio than we need. So again, it comes back to that number one rule for finding your balance. Don't let trouble in the door. Uh, with the bond portfolio, it's really about providing stability in the portfolio than it is trying to get a great yield out of that bond portfolio. And so that means that sometimes that that our bond portfolio might not help us as much as it has in the past. 
um, in terms of total return, but it's still going to provide stability when the bad weather comes. And that's what, that's what we depend on. Rule number four and rule number five really did blend very well together. So why don't you just take a moment for our listeners and, and give us a good synopsis of both of these rules and and in preview where we're going to go next. Yeah, so I think, again, once we've um, identified a little bit and understand about the market, what we can control, what we can't control, um, once we've identified some of our goals and written down what they are, once we've started savings in some of our accounts, then we have to decide what do we do with that money. And so you got to find your balance. And the number one rule the number one thing in the long run that determines how well you do is your allocation to stocks and bonds. And so finding that balance um, is really, really important. Within the stock allocation, you want to tilt your portfolio a little bit to some of the, the key indicators that we talked about. The next one that we're going to be talking about in the next podcast that I think is really, really important is once we're doing that, how do we take advantage of good times and bad times as we're saving towards our goals? Uh, and, and I call that a, a 10% discount as a good deal, a 20% discount as a better deal. So tune in for the next podcast, and we'll talk about um, how that has helped investors in the past. That's it for today's Better Wealth Podcast. I'm Matt Halloran for Scott Stoffer. Please make sure to follow us at Better Wealth. And when you're ready to have an advisor who is focused on doing what works better for your success, Scott and his team are available to chat in person, on the phone, or in a video conference. 